Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. This episode contains mentions of abuse, graphic descriptions of violence, and brief profanity. Two weeks ago, I had the honor of writing a show for a Halloween event at the beach, where storytellers spun tales for an audience sitting around a bonfire. My stories were brought to life by the incredibly talented actress Nicole Javier, and the event was produced by Eric Vosmeyer and David Rizika. It was truly a special experience, and I'm proud of what I wrote. So for today's episode, I'd like to take you back to that night. Hear the waves crashing onto the sand. The ocean breeze gently breathing. The smell of smoke engulfing you. You lay your blanket on the sand in front of a crackling fire and take a seat. Thank you all so much for coming here to help me. It really, truly means the world to me. So, here. uh, This is who we're trying to find. His name is Raymond. Uh, This is my dad. Have you seen him? He worked at that hotel just down the street. Uh, I haven't been able to get a hold of him for over a few weeks now. Um, I mean, he does this thing where he goes off the grid for a week every October. uh, Sort of like a digital detox. But it's been more than a week. I have a spare key to his place. Um, He wasn't there. It didn't seem like anything was out of the ordinary, but I did find something. This book. My dad has the wildest imagination. He would write these fantastical stories of people encountering the magical creatures of the Philippines. You know, playing with the duende, running from a swang... He's usually really inspired after that week of digital detoxing. He actually once told me that in the Philippines, there's a belief that a spirit realm is sitting right on top of our physical realm. And this is where ghosts, land spirits, and monsters reside. Most people will go their whole lives completely unaware of this spirit realm. And then there are people who are able to see both, you know, like uh, psychics or albularios. And if you can see the spirits, they can see you. So, who knows what's around us right now that we can't see? (laughs) I mean, my dad always loved messing with me, so I don't know if I believe any of that. I feel like if it was all real, I would have seen something by now, right? But I guess it doesn't really matter. My dad's stories were the best. Are the best. 
he had a knack for relating them back to something happening in my life. So he would make little books for me just like this after major life events. Uh, My first piano recital, when I went to college, when I had my first legal sip of Red Horse. Just amazing stories with valuable insight. Those books were the best gifts. I still have every single one of them. And I don't know, I just didn't want to be alone when I read this one. I guess I wasn't sure what lessons would be in it. So thank you again for being here. Um, okay, so... Uh, all right, on the first page it says... Reunite with a lost loved one. The more people who participate, the more likely it will be a success. And there's like like a list of instructions or something? Like like a kind of spell? <laughs> oh, okay. You're good, Dad. You're good. Um, okay, so I actually just had a thought. I know my dad loves a good prank. What if all of this is a crazy elaborate way to throw me a surprise party. (laughs) I mean, this is the man who was screaming in pain underneath a car in front of our house. And then when I ran out to see what was going on, he jumped off the ground and said, happy birthday. And then he threw me the keys to the car. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, actually, he's probably watching right now. All right, let's start the spell, everyone. Okay, so it says to hold hands. Okay, so everyone hold hands. Uh, Do not let go until the incantation is finished. Close your eyes. Hold the image of the person you were trying to reunite with in your mind. Okay, so focus on that picture of my dad. Okay. We call in the spirits of the West, of water, the ocean. We call in the spirits of the North, of Earth, the sand. We call in the spirits of the east, of air, the ocean breeze. We call in the spirits of the south, of fire, the dancing flames before us. We call in the spirits of the upper, middle, and lower realms. We humbly ask that you guide us tonight. Help us connect with the one we have lost. If he is in darkness, bring him the light. We'll find our way to him, no matter... Did you guys hear that? Out towards the water? Ooh, looks like the spell must be working. We'll find our way to him no matter the cost. There. Seriously, you guys don't hear that? Dad? Hello? You got me. Huh. Um... Well, it looks like there's a lot more pages in here. Maybe he's waiting until the end to surprise me. I don't know. Um, All right, let's just, uh, let's see what else is in here. Chapter one, The Chosen Boy. On a Wednesday night, decades ago, a 12-year-old boy died, just for a minute. He swam the beaches of Cebu on his own all the time. He loved being out in the water, the gentle sound of waves whispering in his ears, the sun kissing his black hair, the breeze caressing his face, the warm water soothing his bruises. 
The ocean was where he could get away to feel loved. One night, he snuck out of his house with a stuffed backpack filled with all his belongings. He hobbled to his favorite stretch of beach not too far away. It was tucked away just enough so it wasn't tainted by tourists. The water was also so clean and clear that he could see the sand beneath him from the top. He plopped down on the shore, the water gently lapping at his feet, inviting him to come inside. The boy wiped away his tears with his sandy hands. He was tired, scared, lonely. He eventually laid on his side and fell asleep to the ocean's lullaby. He snapped awake when he found himself being swept away by a massive wave, unlike any he'd ever seen before. The wave tossed the boy deeper into the ocean like a rag doll. The boy tried to fight the current, but it was much too powerful. He found himself sinking, being pulled down by the weight of his backpack. He tried to throw the bag off, but it felt so tight against his body, he couldn't remove it. The boy sank deeper and deeper, and his chest squeezed tighter and tighter. And then he saw a light above him. At first he thought it was the moon, but the light became bigger and brighter until it finally engulfed his entire body. His chest relaxed. His calves cooled down. He felt completely at peace until a moment later when he awoke on the shore, coughing up a fountain. Above him was a man, kneeling over him. The moon was behind his head, so he couldn't make out his face. He asked, Are you okay? What happened? The little boy stammered. I was over there taking photos of the ocean, and I had seen you go under the water, but I didn't see you resurface, so I rushed over and pulled you out. The little boy was still a bit dazed, but overcome with gratitude. He wrapped his little arms around the man, who was still extremely cold from the water. Oh, it's okay, little guy, he said. I got you. He pulled the boy on his feet, and they walked along the beach together. The boy looked up at the man, seeing his features for the first time. He didn't look like he was from here. He had nearly white blonde hair, bright green eyes pale skin, a perfectly tailored button-up shirt with a pattern of leaves. He could have been in his 40s, but everyone looks older when you're a kid. He said his name was Sven, and that he owned one of the nearby resorts. It was then that the boy realized he had lost his backpack. It had everything I own in it, and now it's all gone! What were you doing out on the beach with everything you own? Sven asked. The boy looked down, almost embarrassed but Sven placed a comforting hand on his shoulder and told him he wouldn't have to worry. He told the boy how important it was for him to take care of the locals, especially the kids. Things can be replaced, Sven said. I'm happy that you're safe. I can see you're still very shaken up. I know something that might cheer you up. You ever been in a helicopter? The boy shook his head. So Sven led the boy to his helipad, and they flew all over the island. The boy had lived there all his life, but he had never seen it from this view. It was absolutely breathtaking. When they came back to the resort, the boy was still surging with adrenaline. He didn't want the night to end. 
So Sven took him to the executive suite at his resort and treated him to a lavish meal of seafood, lechon, and the freshest fruits. This is the best meal I've ever had, the boy said as he shoveled food into his mouth. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, said Sven. But you will eventually need to go back home to your family. They must be worried sick. They won't even care if I'm gone. Hey, that's not true. Look, I've been your age. Believe me, I remember what it was like. You have to return to your family. You don't know them. I can't go back there. You just need to sleep off the anger. If you want, I can take you on another adventure tomorrow. Promise. Reluctantly, the boy headed back to his house, taking his time, dreading each step. Maybe Sven was right. He couldn't just run away. As the boy got closer to his house, he began hearing these loud, booming voices calling out to him. Come back to us. Where are you? We miss you. We need you. The boy fell back in surprise and ran the opposite direction. The voices became quieter the further away he ran. Unsure of what to do, he ran back to Sven's resort. Sven was standing at the entrance, taking photos. Sven, help! I'm hearing voices! The little boy cried in terror. I don't know what's happening. Please, please help me! Sven gave the boy a tight, comforting squeeze. Hey, 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 it's okay, it's okay. You're not going crazy. You sure you're not just trying to run away? I'm not lying! The voices got louder at the beach! A look of realization washed over Sven's face. Oh... Oh, okay, I see what's happening. Earlier today when I saved you, you had been dead for a minute or so. That beach is where you crossed to the other side, the spirit realm. And when you did, a portal was created. And as long as that portal is open, you won't be safe. You'll need to wait for it to fade away. But who are the voices? The spirits on the other side. See, when you died, they were excited because someone new was joining them. But then when you came back to life, they became angry. They want you to come back to them. Don't worry. You'll be safe as long as you stay away from that beach for a while. Oh, but then how will I get back home? I thought you didn't want to go home. I don't. I just, I don't know where to go. Sven placed his hand on the boy's shoulder. I have plenty of vacant rooms. You can stay with me until the portal closes, or however long you wish. The boy had never known anyone so kind and generous, so the boy decided to stay in a vacant room, at least just for the night, or until the voices stopped and the portal closed. And for the next few days, the boy stayed away from the beach. He had planned on never returning home, but not being able to visit his favorite place in the world was hitting him harder than he expected. Sven could tell the boy was having a hard time and continued to take him on grand adventures around the island to cheer him up, tearing through the jungles on ATVs, trekking through waterfalls. But eventually, the boy had enough. One night, after they returned from a long day of hiking and ziplining, instead of going to his room at the resort, 
The boy looked out at his beach. He could hear the voices ever so faintly. He was tired of his life being dictated by these voices. Sven could take him anywhere in the world, and this beach was still the only place he truly wanted to be. So he ran, as fast as he could, toward the water. The voices grew louder. He could hear Sven calling after him to stop, but the boy kept running. And just when the voices came to a screeching crescendo, he found himself lying on the sand, coughing up water. He could make out the backlit silhouette of his mother kneeling over him, along with his cousins. Oh, Susmarus, my baby's alive, his mother exclaimed as she hugged him over and over. We thought we lost you. You were out for a couple minutes. The boy was in such a daze, but happy to be back in his favorite place. He felt confused as his mother held him tight against her chest. It felt completely foreign. But then it felt comforting, and he hugged her back, tears streaming from his face. The boy looked around at the beach, wondering where his pal Sven had gone. And then he noticed someone standing by the trees. It was Sven. But his skin was now wrinkled like old leather, his green eyes now a haunting crimson. The boy watched as Sven wrapped his fingers around his neck. And as he did that, the boy winced from a heat from his own neck. Three burn marks appeared. The boy looked back at Sven, who began slowly fading away. A voice echoed loudly in his head. We'll be back for you. Huh. Um, well... That was definitely a lot darker than the stories my dad usually writes for me. Not super sure what my dad wanted me to get out of that story. Dad? Sorry, I thought I heard something. Well, there's another story in here. Uh, let's see if this one's more helpful. Chapter 2. The Tiqui's Test. Deep in the heart of the island of Iloilo, a man and his wife were a month away from expecting their new baby. They had trouble conceiving ever since they started trying, a point of tension that haunted their marriage the last few years. So this baby was truly a miracle. A miracle that the man secretly wasn't even sure he wanted. But he was stuck on this island where his breadwinning wife made them live in isolation for the last eight months, hoping to safely carry the baby before the Tikwi could snatch it. The Tikwi, also known as the Manananggal, was a highly feared creature in all of the Philippines. It's said that it looks like a regular woman during the day, and at night, it separates its upper body from its legs, grows wings, and flies around at night looking for unborn children. It can smell one from miles away. When it finds the home of a pregnant person, it will climb on the roof above them and shoot its long, proboscis-like tongue into the victim's belly button and suck out the unborn baby. The woman ordered her husband to take every precaution. He set up sharpened bamboo posts all around their temporary home. He hung up strings of garlic to mask the scent. 
He placed bowls filled with oil on the windowsills, and he was commanded to walk the perimeter every hour, armed with a bow and arrow, to listen for the Tiqui's hunting cry. The man thought it was absolute overkill. The entire eight months they'd been there, he'd never even seen or heard a hint of a Tiqui. He was losing his goddamn mind protecting a child, and if he was honest with himself, a woman, that he didn't want in his life. One night, the man was outside as usual, walking the perimeter, listening for the sounds he knew he wasn't going to hear, looking for the signs he knew he wasn't going to see. As he walked, he thought about how he got himself in this mess. Everything seemed fine in the beginning. Did he miss major red flags? Or did she change? Did he change? He stopped in his tracks. He decided he'd had enough. He wasn't going to put up with her shit anymore. They were getting off this island, whether she liked it or not. Fueled by anger, he snapped his bow and arrow in half. He kicked down the bamboo posts. He pulled off the garlic and tossed the bowls of oil. He burst through the door where the woman was sitting at the dinner table. We're getting the fuck out of here, he shouted in a tone he had never used with his wife before, but his wife had definitely used with him many times. That familiar look of disapproval and annoyance washed over the woman's face. She stood up, ready to put him back in his place, when she hunched over in pain. The man thought she might have been trying to put on a show to guilt him, so he remained standing tall and repeated, We're getting the fuck out of here. The woman yelped in agony again as the floor beneath her became drenched. The couple looked at each other. The baby was coming, and right above them, they heard the sound of slow scratching. The couple looked back at each other, and for the first time in a very long time, feeling a sense of complete understanding of one another, they needed to be as quiet as they could. Once the baby was out, they would be in the clear. It only wants their baby while it's unborn. They just have to get this baby out. He wrapped a napkin around his wife's mouth to stifle her screams. Scritch, scritch, scritch. He slowly laid her on the ground. Scritch, scritch, scritch. He stroked her hair and comforted her as she pushed. Scritch, scritch, scritch. She was doing great. She could totally handle this. She had this. They were going to make it. And then the tiqui burst through the roof, shrieking in hunger. It was more disgusting than the man could have ever imagined. Its exposed intestines dangled and sprayed blood and waste all over the house as it hovered over the couple. Its massive wings broke off pieces of the ceiling. Everything the man had been worried about before— didn't matter anymore. All he cared about was protecting his wife and their baby. He threw everything he could get his hands on at the monster, utensils, bowls, plates, but the tiqui swatted them away and continued to make its way to the woman. The man grabbed a chair, held the legs outward, and used his body and the chair as a barrier between his wife and the monster. 
The tiqui bit the man's hand, but he didn't let go, even as his blood painted the chair. The man's adrenaline made him an unexpected match for the monster's strength. He had never felt so alive. He pushed and pushed, and his wife pushed and pushed, and the struggle continued until... The room filled with the cries of a beautiful, healthy baby girl. And the tiqui, no longer interested, flew back out the hole it created in the roof. The woman fell back in exhaustion. The man kissed his wife and cut the cord. They looked lovingly into each other's eyes. They were a team again, like before. And they just added a new team member. Everything was going to be different now. The woman's eyes grew wide as she sat back up and shrieked in pain again. No, the man thought. There's no way. There's no way. The woman grunted in agony while the man just stared, completely motionless. And it was in that moment that the tiqui flew back through the roof, darting its long tongue into the woman's belly button and mercilessly ripped out a second baby and disappeared up into the night sky. It happened within a matter of seconds. Well, the man just watched, too stunned to do anything. The woman gasped as she tried in vain to cover her now exposed and gushing uterus. The man grabbed a towel and tried to stop the bleeding, but both of them knew it was useless. The woman laid her head back down on the floor and took her last breath. But what the fuck just happened was all the man could think. What the fuck did I just let happen? He snapped out of his thought loop when his baby girl began to cry. He picked her up and held her to his chest. Every doubt he felt about becoming a father was long gone. Nothing else in the world mattered except for keeping this tiny human safe. I will never let the monsters win again, he whispered into her ear. I will always protect you. He held her out in front of him, his eyes completely useless from tears. And as he looked her over, he noticed something. He wiped his eyes and looked closer. On her neck, were three tiny marks. Um, this was kind of a lot. Uh, again, his stories don't usually end so sad. I, I don't know what he wanted to tell me with this one. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? I'm sorry. I feel like I've wasted all your time. I don't know what's up with these stories. I have no idea if my dad is playing a sick fucking prank. There is one more story in here, but... I don't know. Should we read it? Um, I think I need a little break before we continue, if that's okay. Thank you. 
Before I became a podcaster and paranormal investigator, I used to be a full-time animator and character designer, and podcasts kept me company while I drew, especially paranormal podcasts. One of my favorites was Jim Harold's Campfire. I would actually be shocked if you hadn't heard of it because it's one of the OGs. In fact, it recently celebrated its 13th anniversary. But if you haven't heard of it, it's a call-in show where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories with Jim every week. The story topics range from ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and stories that can't be categorized. You're listening to my show right now, so I know that you love non-fictional paranormal stories. Stories involving the serial killer Ted Bundy, or a man who owned a haunted hotel. And also heartwarming stories of deceased loved ones coming back to say hello. Jim Harold's Campfire was a huge inspiration for me. So do me a personal favor and tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Stories with Sapphire. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, it looks like this is the last story in here. Chapter 3, The Serena's Deal. There once was a man, heavily in debt due to years of hiding his pain and underground vices. He worked at a beachfront hotel as a housekeeper. Every night, he would mop and clean the hot tub room, which was a small room to the side of the pool area. It was almost never occupied. Then he noticed that for the past several nights, there was a woman who would drink by herself in the hot tub, humming a somber tune. She was strikingly beautiful. Long, wavy black hair framed her soft face. Her bright brown eyes pierced into his soul whenever they made contact. She would quietly sip her cocktail and watch the man as he cleaned, never saying a word, just watching. One night, he decided to break the ice. You have a beautiful voice, ma'am, he said. Oh, aren't you sweet? Her voice was smooth, sultry. I was wondering how long it would take for you to talk to me. The man swallowed nervously. Oh, where are you now? The woman giggled. Oh, relax, cutie. We're just making conversation. The woman patted the cement outside of the hot tub near her. The man sat down. The woman held her drink up to him. It seems like you could use this. The man took the glass, took a tiny sip, and handed it back. So, what brings you to town? he asked. The woman smiled and placed the drink down. I live nearby, she replied. I just love coming to hotels, giving myself a treat. Makes me feel like I'm on a little vacation. Wow. That sounds really nice. Why do you sound so sad? You can take vacations too. He laughed. I can't afford to take any time off. 
the woman leaned over the edge of the hot tub, placing her head on her hands and fluttering her lids. Mmm, I know your type. You love working hard, makes you feel good, moral. And you believe that treating yourself well is selfish. Do you think I'm selfish? I wouldn't say that, no, but I also don't know you. You have to admit, though, spending time and money at a hotel on a whim? I would say that you're, well, free. I was going to say privileged. The woman chuckled. (laughs) You're not wrong. Would you think any better of me if I offered you a chance to feel privileged? I'm not sure what you mean. The woman leaned a little closer. I've been watching you. I can see how hard you're trying to hide your pain. Excuse me? I buried a box filled with over $300,000 in cash on this beach, and I want you to have it. The man laughed. He knew there had to be something odd with this woman, and she was definitely proving him right. But as odd as it all seemed, she still piqued his curiosity. Okay, let's say I believed you for one second. Why would you offer a total stranger all that money? I live alone. I work alone. Can you blame me for trying to have some fun? The man fell silent. He still wasn't sure if he was the butt of a very sick joke. But if this was real, it was enough money to pay off all his debts. He could quit his second job. So... What's the catch, then? Well, I love it here, but I'm actually not a citizen. I've been looking for someone who can help me with that. And let's just say I wouldn't mind playing house with you. The man smirked and nodded knowingly. He knew people who got into these types of arrangements. He became silently lost in thought. Is there a problem? The woman asked, blinking her eyes innocently. I don't see a ring on your hand. I no, I yeah, um that's true, but I I have a teenage daughter. I don't think she would understand. Who said you need to tell her? The man continued to stare and then began laughing to himself. You rich people really are something. Good night. The man left, shaking his head. But as he lay in bed, he couldn't stop thinking about the woman's proposition. It was a lot of money, and it probably wouldn't be that hard to keep this away from his daughter, and they could get a divorce after a couple years, and no one would really have to know. Considering how much she was offering, the woman wasn't asking for that much in return, right? The next night, as predicted, the woman was alone in the hot tub, drinking her gin and tonic, humming her sweet melody. Her eyes lit up when she saw him. Give me the directions to find the money, he said. And if it's really all there, then let's get married. The woman smiled and shook the man's hand and gave him the instructions to find the buried money. The next day, the man found the tree to the far right of the hotel. After an hour of digging, his shovel struck a metal box. Inside, was $300,000 in cash, just like she said. He couldn't believe it. He immediately set out to pay off his debts. He felt happy, free, 
When he came back to the hotel later that day, he went to the hot tub room. Just as he was expecting, the woman was waiting for him, submerged in the water, drink in hand, humming her tune. Well, don't you look happier today, she said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, he said. Seriously, I've never really felt blessed. Life has never been kind to me. But you? You're a literal angel. Thank you. The woman held her hand to her heart. When you have all the money in the world, you have to find other ways to make yourself happy. But I really should be thanking you, dear. The man's eyes darted around nervously. Ah, yes, of course. So how do we go about this? Should we go to the courthouse tomorrow or... The woman's smile morphed from friendly to sinister. No need. You already made the deal, babe. I'm not sure what you mean. The woman closed her eyes and threw back her head as she cackled, the piercing sound reverberating in the small room. The man's brow began to bead with sweat. There was something seriously wrong with this woman. She looked back at the man, and her deep brown eyes were now a fiery red. You are already mine. As she placed her hands on the concrete, her fingernails grew into long talons. She slowly hoisted herself up over the edge of the jacuzzi. Thin, sharp, dagger-like teeth pushed through her plump lips. From underneath the jacuzzi bubbles emerged a large fishtail that splashed down violently, drenching the man entirely. He realized his mistake. He had made a deal with the Serena. These are not the mermaids you'd find in a Disney movie. Sirenas are sneaky, selfish, and bloodthirsty, and they loved to feed on humans. You would most likely encounter Sirenas far out into the ocean, singing their tantalizing tune, luring sailors and fishermen to come close enough for them to attack. Some Sirenas like to play damsel in distress as they flail among the waves, screaming and crying, hoping someone would come save them. And when someone does, she goes in for the kill. Sometimes a Sirena will fall in love with a human. And if she can convince that human to marry her, then that human becomes bound to them in the spirit realm. After having the life sucked out from them, of course. The man couldn't believe he had fallen victim to an incredibly clever Serena. It's time to join me, babe, the Serena croaked, her voice deeper and darker than before. Please, you can't even leave the water, the man exclaimed with feigned bravery, and he turned to run out the door. Just then, three massive figures made of shadows manifested before him, blocking his path. They grabbed his limbs and pinned him to the ground. The Serena pulled herself out of the hot tub and slithered her way towards him, shoving her face right up against his. I have a lot of friends, sweet pea. And if you go back on our deal, we will all make your life a living hell, even more than it already is. <laughs> I love sad little men. They're always the easiest to take. The Serena grabbed the man's face and pulled him in for a bite. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'll, I'll make you another deal. 
The Serena's ears perked up. There's a cliff hike nearby. It overlooks the water. People fall all the time. What if... What if... What if I pushed people hiking alone over the edge so that you can feed down below? The woman cocked her head as she considered the offer. My, my, my. You are twisted. I could live with that. But you're who I really want. She leaned in again. Wait, 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 wait. What if... Okay, um, what if I was yours once a year? The Serena narrowed her eyes. Go on. Okay, what if once every year I tie a weight to my arm and I walk out into the ocean, drown myself, and we can be together in the spirit realm, but then you have to bring me back after a week and you have to promise to leave me and my daughter alone in our realm. The Serena stared into the man's eyes, inches away from her own. The fire in her eyes faded back into the deep brown. Her teeth shrunk back behind her lips. I usually don't negotiate like this, but I like you. I will hold up my end as long as you hold up yours. She held out her hand. And so from then on, the man would hide in the trees on the hike, waiting for solo hikers to pass by before shoving them over the edge with a tree branch. And then once every October, he would tie a weight to his arm and walk out into the ocean where he would allow himself to drown. And once a human week had passed, the Serena would toss him back onto the shore where he could return to his life, but never the same. He continued this cycle for years, dying, being reborn, dying again. He noticed that each time he was reborn, he would long for death. Colors were brighter in the spirit realm. Sensations were heightened. Pain was almost non-existent. Maybe it wouldn't be that bad to stay there forever. My dear Nicole, it's about that time again for me to walk into the water. But this time, I will not return. These monsters won't stop making my life miserable until I join them. Sven is here with me now. I asked him, why me? He said, because the broken ones are easiest to take. This was always going to be my fate and I'm too tired to fight anymore. I made them promise not to harm you all these years, but now that I'll be on the other side, I have no way of protecting you from them. They're going to come for you now, and anyone you bring into this world, in any way they can, by land, by air, by sea, they will find you. Our entire line has been scarred because of me. I'm so sorry, my sweet Nicole. Please don't go looking for me, but if you do, you'll know how. Well, this was definitely your biggest surprise to date, Dad. You really fucking got me. 
reunite with a lost loved one. I think I want to try this spell again. Can everyone hold hands, please? We call in the spirits of the West, of water, the ocean. We call in the spirits of the North, of Earth, the sand. We call in the spirits of the East, of air, the ocean breeze. We call in the spirits of the South, of fire, the dancing flames before us. We call in the spirits of the upper, middle, and lower realms. We humbly ask that you guide us tonight. Help us connect with the one we have lost. If he is in darkness, bring him the light. We'll find our way to him, no matter the cost. There, 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 there by the water. Do you hear that? It worked. Thank you all again for helping me find my dad. I just wish this could have ended differently for my dad, for me, and this little guy. We're coming, Dad. The pain ends tonight. Thanks for joining me today. If you'd like to see a video of Nicole Javier performing the piece, you can check it out at youtube.com slash sapphire sindalo. If you'd like to submit a story, send me an email at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash storieswithsapphire to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash sapphire sindalo where I post animated spooky stories and more. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sandalo. Music written by Sapphire Sandalo. Special thanks to Nicole Javier, Eric Bosmeyer, and David Rizika. For more information on the show, visit storieswithsapphire.com. <laughs>